Hi, I'm Annie Fitzsimmons. I'm your Washington Realtors Legal Hotline lawyer. I want to cover a topic today that answers uh, some questions that we've been receiving a lot of lately. And they have to do kind of generally with the question of completing the standardized forms. And does a form have to be standardized? And then if, it, if we are using a standardized form, who can complete it? So we're going to cover kind of those three topics. What are the limitations? What if a form isn't standardized? Can somebody other than a real estate broker complete those forms? Answering the first question starts with Coltum versus Heritage House, a 1985 Washington State Supreme Court case. Hopefully every one of you is familiar with the case. In a nutshell, the court's holding was that real estate brokers are licensed to fill in the blanks on pre-printed, standardized, lawyer-approved forms and transactions actually handled by a real estate broker as a real estate broker, in other words, in the provision of real estate brokerage services. We're not gonna dissect all of that for the purposes of today's video, but we're gonna pull out the one little section about standardized forms. Because one of the questions I'm getting is, what if the seller, it's because it's typically the seller, says, you have to use something other than a standardized form. Standardized forms that are made available to all Washington Realtor members are the statewide forms. They are produced in Washington State by Northwest MLS. They're licensed to Washington Realtors for distribution to our members, plus many of our members, of course, are Northwest MLS members. So statewide, every broker is using the same standardized form. That's great, creates predictability from one transaction to the next. You might be in Chelan drafting a purchase and sale agreement and you're using the exact same boilerplate terms that somebody in Bellingham. So if you happen to have a cross transaction with each other somehow, you don't have to guess or relearn uh, what the boilerplate terms of the forms are. You already know. And that leads to the discussion of what, what's the problem with non-standardized forms. There's two problems. Number one, you don't know what the terms of the non-standardized forms are. And number two, they are typically biased in favor of the party who's requiring use of the, the non-standardized forms. <clears throat> For example, think about an institutional seller, maybe an REO seller, maybe the FHA or the VA. Maybe it's, uh, uh, we used to deal with short sale negotiators and they would often inject their own forms. Maybe it's a builder. There's any number of categories of seller who require or attempt to require the use of their own forms. And in today's market, where there are so many more buyers typically than sellers, it's pretty easy for a seller to dictate that outcome if that's what they want. So then the next question is, can a broker use a non-standardized form? And the Colton versus Heritage House 1985 Washington State Supreme Court answered this case very clearly, and the answer is no. Brokers are licensed to fill in the blanks on pre-printed, standardized, lawyer-approved forms. Now, FHA forms, VA forms, even many builder forms, they're more than likely approved by a lawyer, but they're not standardized for your use as the buyer's broker. They are more often than not, they in include provisions that are heavily favored towards the seller. For example, a few years ago, uh, this was, I can't even remember which market we were in the middle of. It wasn't the crazy seller's market that we're in right now. But there was a, uh, an institutional seller 
requiring use of their own form. It was a seller that brokers encountered not infrequently in Washington. And the form included a provision that in really odd, almost stealth language, obligated buyer to pay seller's excise tax. And buyers and buyer brokers didn't recognize this requirement until they got to closing and the settlement statement showed that buyer was paying the seller's excise tax. And when the question was asked as to how on earth that happened, buyer wasn't expecting this enormous cost. Escrow could point to the non-standardized form and say, here's the requirement right here. Buyer agreed to pay seller's excise tax. So that's the risk brokers in using a form with, a, with provisions that you're not familiar with and that may not even be all that easy to read. Uh, your client might end up in a very bad position because you're not familiar with the terms and the terms are biased in favor of the other party. So what do you do in that scenario? Washington's Supreme Court said you're simply not licensed to draft that form or to advise your client with respect to that form. So if you're representing the buyer and the seller is requiring a non-standardized form, all you can do is advise your buyer to seek legal counsel with respect to that form. You should not hand it to your buyer and say, well, seller's requiring you to sign this. If you want to buy the house, you got no other choice, sign the form. You shouldn't say that. That might actually be where the buyer ends up. The buyer might say, look, I really want the house. Can I buy it without signing this form? And the answer might actually be, no, you can't. And they might sign it on that basis. But that should not be your answer to the buyer. Your answer to the buyer should be, buyer, it's a non-standardized form. It's, it's given to us by the seller. Because of that, we can only assume that there are provisions that favor the seller in this form that are not standardized. Buyer, I strongly encourage you to seek legal counsel before you sign this form. Okay, the final topic I wanna to pick up on this discussion is um, <clears throat> a more nuanced question, but still relevant to this discussion, and that is who can fill in the forms? And, and I get random questions sometimes about um, other participant, other industry members who aren't traditional real estate brokers. I'm not gonna cover them. They're, those are kind of one-off questions. The one I wanna pick up on that I get a lot more often lately is can my assistant, specifically my unlicensed assistant, fill in the forms for me? And the Department of Licensing answered this question a few years ago, and to my knowledge, their answer hasn't changed. And the answer is yes, so long as the unlicensed assistant is acting on the instructions of a licensed broker and the licensed broker reviews the form and is responsible for the completion of that form before it's delivered to a consumer. Because think again about the Colton versus Heritage House uh, allowance. It says a real estate broker is licensed to fill in the blanks on standardized, uh, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, standardized lawyer approved forms. An unlicensed assistant does not fall into that category. So really the Department of Licensing isn't the decision maker on this category. The Department of Licensing has said, we'll allow it under these circumstances. The, the Supreme Court's ruling is going to hold the broker responsible no matter whose fingers are actually on the keyboard when those blanks are filled in. So brokers, if you are instructing your unlicensed assistant 
to fill in the blanks for you. Make sure you've given very clear instructions and even more importantly, make sure you do a very careful review because regardless of who filled in those blanks, you are responsible. And remember, I'm saving this for the very end, but this might be the most important thing I'm saying. The Colton versus Heritage House said that when brokers fill in the blanks on pre-printed standardized lawyer approved forms and they create a contract between two third parties, they are held to the standard of care of a lawyer in preparing those forms. So when you instruct your unlicensed assistant to fill in the forms and they do so and you review them and then you deliver that form to a consumer, you are held to the standard of care of a lawyer for the quality of work that your unlicensed assistant did. Similarly, if you fill in those blanks yourself, you're still held to the standard of care of a lawyer for the completion of those forms. If you have questions on this topic or any other, send an email to me, legalhotline at warealtor.org. Thank you for being a Washington Realtors member.